Hello, this is Michael Wilton with the Saskatchewan Wheat Outlook for August 8th. You can find the detailed written report on the Sask Wheat website. Wheat futures last week were pressured lower as Ukraine managed to release some of the ships that were stuck in its ports. At the end of the week, wheat was supported by spillover demand from corn and soybean markets. Here is a look at how wheat futures finished the week. Chicago soft red winter wheat futures were down 32 cents to close at $7.75. Kansas hard red winter wheat futures were down 26 cents from last week at $8.48. Minneapolis hard red spring wheat futures are down 20 cents to close the week at $8.86. Wheat markets today are mixed as spring wheat is down seven cents, while Chicago wheat is up four cents. In the significant purchases and trades, it was a slow week in the cash trade. We heard of Iran buying about 240,000 tons of September-October wheat from the Russians. Algeria bought 660,000 tons from seven different sellers. This is for September and October delivery. Jordan bought 60,000 tons for January delivery wheat. U.S. export sales for the week were low at 250,000 tons. The weekly Commitment of Traders report showed that funds were extending their net short in soft red wheat through the end of the week. Managed Money increased their net short by 4,500 contracts to a net 4,970 contracts. In Kansas City wheat, Managed money firms reduced their long position by 1,049 contracts for a net long of 9,992 contracts. Spring wheat speculative traders closed their long position and flipped to a net short for the first time since October of 2020. Their net short was reported at 652 contracts. The charts currently look technically oversold. In Canada, spring wheat conditions in the western prairies remain favorable overall. Most of the growing regions in Manitoba are considered to be 80 to 90 percent good to excellent. One notable exception to this is the Interlake region, where just 55 percent of the crop is in good to excellent condition and 20 percent of the crop is in poor or very poor condition. There was no update for Saskatchewan's crop, but soil moisture remains strong generally. Alberta's crop was 80% good to excellent as of July 26th, when they were forecasting a very strong 52 bushel per acre crop. Alberta's next crop report is out tomorrow. According to Statistics Canada, Canadian wheat exports for the month of June were 807,000 tons, for an August to June total of 10.7 million tons. This is 56% of last year's amount. Japan has been the largest customer for Canadian wheat, importing a two-date total of 1.4 million tons, which is almost the same as their two-date amount last year. China has been the destination with the largest year-over-year -year decrease. Exports to China are down 78% from last year to 690,000 tons. According to the CGC, Canada exported a strong 421,000 tons of wheat in the final shipping week of the season. Total exports for the crop year are then 11.5 million tons, which is 59% less than last year's number. 
Visible supplies in commercial elevators has been shrinking, but there is still 1.8 million tons of visible stocks that will be exported or milled in the upcoming season. In Durham, according to Alberta Agriculture, Durham conditions as of July 26th are 48% good to excellent. Some of our contacts in the province indicate that this number is likely too low. In the U.S., Durham conditions lost three points in North Dakota and are now 84% good to excellent. Conditions in Montana, where Durham harvest is 5% complete, improves slightly to 51%. Canada exported 81,000 tons of Durham in the final shipping week of the season for a total of 2.6 million tons. This is 200,000 tons more than Stats Canada's current number. Using Stats Canada's data, 2.6 million tons of exports would give us a carryout of 250,000 tons. Of course, this cannot be true, as the CGC is reporting a commercial visible supply of 446,000 tons, and we still know that some farmers have not finished old crop sales. Evidently, there was more Durham supplies than what Stats Canada says. For U.S. wheat, spring wheat conditions in the U.S. improved by two points from last week and is now 70% good to excellent. Condition indices are indicating a 47 to 48 bushel per acre yield, which is in line with the USDA's current number. Last week, we reported that the wheat quality tour estimated yields at 49 bushels per acre. 50% of South Dakota's crop has been harvested, and quality has been strong. U.S. wheat sales continue to be slow. Although U.S. spring wheat and winter wheat is competitive on a FOB basis, freight is making it too expensive to buy additional demand. In Australia, crop conditions in Australia continue to look favorable, which has pushed their futures prices to four-month lows. In Argentina, Argentina's wheat crop condition improved by 1% from last week, but is still just 17% good to excellent. Rain helps slow the deterioration of the crop, but more will be needed. Their crop enters the critical heading stage in mid-August. In China, there's been some recent developments in Asian rice crops. Rice crops in India, China, and Vietnam have been struggling, which will need to be watched, as it could add to the demand side for wheat. In the European Union, farmer selling in the European Union has been limited, causing Matif wheat futures to rise by 6 euros over the week, along with higher premiums. The German Farm Association has estimated that the country's winter wheat crop will be 1% higher than last year. They mentioned that while some areas are in poor condition, other areas were reasonable. National wheat yields are expected to be 4% higher than last year. France experienced their hottest July since 1961. Hot and dry conditions in the EU's largest wheat-producing country has caused French consultancy Egritel to cut wheat forecasts to 33.4 million tons, down 5.6% from last year. In the Black Sea, the first shipment of Ukrainian grain, which is likely composed of corn, made it safely to Turkey for inspection. Another three ships carrying corn and other feedstuffs reportedly left Ukraine over the weekend. 
The UN is hoping that these will be followed by an inbound vessel, which has been authorized to load in Ukraine. This will be the first bulk vessel to sail to Ukraine since February 24th. These developments are a very slow start to the Ukrainian transport minister's very optimistic hopes of 100 vessels of grain loaded per month. There has been no movement of Ukrainian wheat. A significant portion of wheat is still sitting in Russian-occupied regions and its fate is uncertain. Prices offered to Ukrainian farmers are still well below the cost of production. This, combined with low soil moistures and an unfavorable forecast, are limiting the incentives for Ukrainian farmers to plant the next crop. Russian wheat prices fell by $15 a ton over the week and are now $345 a ton. Under normal circumstances, Russian wheat would be taking all of the demand at these levels, but importers have been reluctant to risk buying Russian wheat. Russian exports are well below the USDA's projected export pace, but the recent progress in the Black Sea will likely keep the USDA from making major changes in their upcoming report. In the upcoming week, the big thing to watch for will be the USDA WASDA report, which is out on Friday. There are large changes needed in both the supply and demand for wheat. Additionally, corn production in the EU, Argentina, and possibly the US needs to be reduced, which will benefit wheat. In conclusion, we don't expect much change in the futures. However, the markets are both thin and volatile on small trade. Demand is definitely lower due to financials, a constraint which makes Friday's WASDA report very important which could show some large changes. We would not extend sales for now. Until next time, this is Michael Wilton with the Sask Wheat Market Outlook. You can find the complete mercantile report online at saskwheat.ca.